You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you it's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know. What's it all about? Everything you need. It's all the clip out. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 75. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. 75. Yeah. That's the diamond anniversary. Oh, do you do you have something to share with me? I got us baseball tickets. Oh, that seems very unlike you to get well, baseball tickets. Well, it's cheaper than getting you a diamond. <laughs> and I didn't say I was going. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And they're for a minor league team because it's even cheaper. Oh, my God, Tom. Just forget it. (laughs) It's the worst anniversary ever. Mission accomplished. (laughs) I'm standing on the deck of an aircraft carrier in my mind. Ah, goodness. So uh, what uh, what pray tell do you have in store for people this week? Well, we're going to talk about some some instructor news. I, I thought maybe we should recap. Atlantic City while we're at it Sure, since you had your big run Yeah, and uh, there's some news from the boutique uh, Flywheel is is being a bunch of jerks And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that uh, We have a past guest update And uh, some additional instructor news Like what's going on with them personally And also a little update on the Tread Studio Awesome And of course, our amazing interview with Dr. Susie Barris Well, that sounds wonderful. So uh, shameless plugs before we get to that. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. It always helps us when people leave reviews. It It really does. convinces the iTunes overlords that uh, people care. Yeah. So the more we get, especially the faster we get them, the more that they will we the more it increases our chances that they will then put us on new and noteworthy. Right. And then if that happens, then kaboom, we're off to the races. Yeah. So uh, so that's why we uh, whore out for it every week. Yeah. So uh, here's and we appreciate it. Yes. Oh, here is uh, this week's review. OK, it's from David 122. 
Oh. Finally listen to Tom. Oh, I'm going to like this one. <laughs> David, you're my new favorite listener. What did he do? I've been a listener for about a month now, both to new and old episodes, and finally got around to leaving a review following all the shameless plugs. <laughs> Thank you, David. He's good and plugged up. <laughs> I've loved having my bike for about three months and love learning all about the interesting people in the community every week. Keep up the great work and keep on spinning. That's awesome. Cappy 94 Nice So thank you Thank you very much So if if you would like to have your review read Hear your leaderboard name Swing on by iTunes and leave us a review And we will we will get to you eventually We will Hopefully a long time from now Because we'll have so many So many And we never got to our Facebook reviews That's true Someday we're going to get over there Someday When we run out over here That's what you keep saying Hopefully that day never comes Just keep piling them in <laughs> So uh, other shameless plugs Don't forget also Speaking of our Facebook page Facebook.com Slash the clip out You can join the group Lots of people have been Joining the group lately Yeah It's been exciting It has I love it So uh, I love um, watching our community grow Yeah and once again The difference between the page And the group Is you're going to see more stuff From us in the group Because Facebook will let you Yep That's how that works So and if you know somebody That would be a good interview You should uh, shoot Crystal an email at clipoutcrystal at gmail.com. Yes, please. And uh, and she will vet them and put them into rotation, perhaps. Yeah. So there. There is all that. Uh, let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? Let's do it. It's time for news of the Paladin. I guess we should start with all the instructor stuff. You think? Because it's getting a little... Oof. People are... Getting their Lululemons in a bunch <laughs> It's true It's true Yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to Kind of back up a little bit And paint you a picture So obviously Peloton is going to be Getting They're gonna be doing an IPO Like they've made that Very clear at this point We know it's happening Sometime in 2019 What you may not know Especially if you've never Worked at a company That's gone through this process Is that There is there are a lot of things that you have to put in order before you can do your IPO. And I know that it seems obvious that all the financial stuff needs to be done. But in the case of Peloton, it also means all their branding has to be kept in a certain way. That means social media. Why do you care about this? You care about this because there has been a mandate that has been sent down from Peloton that says that the instructors have to handle their social media in a very specific way. Um, I don't know all of the details. What I do know is that they are being told that their their fan groups cannot be, they can't be in their fan groups anymore. They can't disseminate information personally through their fan groups. Correct. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick on Jen Sherman's tribe for a second, JSS tribe. Um, so Jen Sherman cannot communicate to the tribe through her Facebook page, through the JSS tribe any longer. The, what she can do is go to Jen Sherman Peloton Facebook page and talk to you there. Or she can talk to you on the OPP. Or she can talk to you on the um, official Peloton mom page, which we never talk about, but it's the only other official page that there is. So those are all ways you can talk to her. You can also talk to her uh, through her Instagram, but you can't talk to her through the JSS tribe. Why? Because Peloton doesn't own it and they can't control what's said there. I mean, that that's really what it boils down right. to. It's probably also makes their life easier in terms of they probably have to monitor what's being said on their behalf. Right. And so... 
if they have to monitor all these individual tributaries of where things might land, it it would be just a really overwhelming task where now they know instructors are going to talk in instructor pages so they can go there. Look, look, look. Everything's OK. And go back and on about on. their day and not worry about somebody posted in you know, left handed Presbyterian Peloton riders and said something <laughs> crazy. Correct. Because the Presbyterians, you got to watch them. <laughs> Joking, joking, joking. Um, exactly. That is exactly right. And so, well, honestly, my understanding is this has been out there for a while. Like, I, I feel like this has been out here for months. And I also feel like we kind of saw this coming back way back when, when they said, okay, the OPP is now the, the official Peloton, whatever they call it now. It's not It's not just for writers. It's right. for everybody who does anything on Peloton. So we were headed down this path. We're here now. And the only reason you're hearing about this now is because one of the instructors went a little bit of a different way about how they approached it. So that would be Allie Love. And you guys might know that part of her um, branding, her own personal branding that has nothing to do with Peloton is called Love Squad. Well, back when she first came to work for Peloton, uh, there were... We were still kind of spinning up on all these instructor groups. And I remember very clearly being part of a conversation that all of the instructors should have these groups. It shouldn't just be some of them, because at that point, there were some new instructors that did not have groups at all. So everybody felt like, well, Allie needs a group. And so the group got called Love Squad. And um, so now there's 6,500 people in it. All that came there through Peloton And um, she is You know her way of Listening to Peloton but still keeping Her connection with those people Is to say all of you People should stay here um, But you can't talk about Peloton and so That led to a ton Of confusion because because then they came in because of Peloton. Right. And, and now, now they're being told you can't talk about it. here. Right. Not only that, but the admins of the group weren't. I don't feel like anybody did any misleading on purpose. So please be clear about that. But I do think that there was a miscommunication or a misinterpretation between the people talking and the people listening, because how the people heard this situation was that Peloton said that the writers can't talk to talk about Peloton in this group anymore, and that's not that's not yeah, what the mandate was. Peloton can't tell private people what they can and can't talk about. <laughs> right. I mean, this is clearly like her way of trying to maintain a relationship with those people, right? But keep it separate from Peloton. You know, kind of like cutting it in half, and it, it's. It caused a ton of confusion and when that happened people started cutting and pasting all this conversation and all these other instructor groups causing mass chaos so i am trying to clear it up with this conversation and it seems like what's being allowed is the instructors communicate on yeah. their official page right and then the groups can take that and share it within their group or grab a screenshot and say, here's what this instructor said. And it's over on their official page for you to go look at and interact with there if you would like. Correct. Which is basically um, how the Internet works. <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely is. Like nobody ever posts anything on the Internet and then says, but don't tell anybody else. <laughs> right. Leave it all right. Right. Here. You got to keep it here. Um, yeah. So I think that it's going to be I mean, I don't think I, I know that it's going to be fine. I'm sure there will be changes that come naturally from this because we're people and we change, you know, we adapt. So I don't know what those changes will look like, obviously. But I think that people really have grown to love those communities that they're in. You know, like, I, I mean, I have my favorites and I could talk to them all the time. And I certainly, even if the instructor is not 
talking to me within that group, I feel connected to the people there. So I'm not going to leave. Right. I mean, I love those those groups. So I don't think that part's going to be different. I think what's going to be different is how you communicate with the instructor. And I don't know. I don't talk to I don't like. I don't talk to the instructors every day. I'm not I don't need to talk to the instructors every day. Right. So that's that's okay with me. And I think engaging with the instructors is going to get less and less frequent. There's more of us. Because there's so many more people. Absolutely. And it's just not gonna be it's it's just not gonna be practical or possible for them to interact on a one on one basis the way that they have been just like from a math standpoint Absolutely Absolutely There's just so many There's only so many hours in the day That you can talk to people Right um, I forgot to mention by the way That um, the people that were in in the love squad That um, they feel like they can't talk about Peloton But they still want to They created another group That's called uh, Ride Sweat and Love Or is, there's no and Ride Sweat Love And that's It's the original kind of Group that came together for Love Squad They have moved over there um, And that way they can still have that Same core group of people and they can still Talk about Peloton so um, If you're out there and you don't feel like you have a home anymore That's a great place to go uh, and you still get to talk about Ali Love, so it's great. Totally, because even if even if that's not a Peloton edict, like Ali Love might still not want people to talk about Peloton in that group for some reason. So you have this right. other place where you can you can still go do that, and everything will be yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The original group that's called Love Squad, Ali Love has made it very clear she does not want people to t- talk about Peloton at all right. in that group, and and anything that mentions the word Peloton has, is instantly deleted. So you have no free reign to talk about Peloton. That's that's factual. At this point So um, And I also want to mention That a couple of the other instructors You might have seen uh, Kind of Vague messages from them Saying like I'm going to be Over on my Peloton page more That's why That's where all this is coming from They still want to talk to you Nothing has changed Peloton's not trying to keep you away From your instructors This is all part of the natural flow That happens When you have an IPO More changes are coming guys So you better brace for it Because it's (laughs) going to happen You cannot have an IPO And not have everything locked down It's, It's just not going to happen On the upside This means that for the people that bought the bike a while back that were like, I hope this thing sticks around. If not, I'm going to have this bike with no content. You're safe. You are completely safe. So there's <laughs> there's your day, Brightner. You're safe. It's all good. So Atlantic City. Whew, man. I, I am beat. <laughs> yeah, that was real, real tough. Actually, you did a lot, to be fair. I, I say that. I mean, you didn't do what I did, but you did. You did do a lot. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. <laughs> I had to deal with the kids. You did. But it's not like they're three. <laughs> well, sometimes it's like they're three. Okay, there are moments. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, yes, you took care of the kids and you did the cheering and you were there every time I turned around. There you were. Well, except for the run part. Yeah, you didn't follow me. On I that. was there at the beginning and the end. If you did, but you shouldn't turn around while you're running anyway. No. So, uh, so what was your biggest moment? What was your most excited? What was like the moment that sticks in your head? Oh my god, there's nothing like crossing that finish line. I mean, everybody talks about what an what a adrenaline rush it is. It's true. It's absolutely true. And just behind that was the last half mile. Uh, Chris Gallant and Chrissy Blackwood, um, a bunch of other people from Peloton, they were there cheering, waiting for me. And it was like, gave me this huge dose of 
of energy to run through the finish line and I was beat by that point. So when I got when I saw them, I was able to just keep going and I just ran as fast as I could through the finish line. And of course you were there and uh, my teammates were there. Oh yeah, she's like and you were there and that was nice too. No, you were there <laughs> with the kids and the and my teammates, my relay teammates. And it was raining. Oh my god, you guys There was like almost an inch and a half of rain that day. Yes. And in and, and it was Hilarious because people went out to swim And it was dry but cloudy And as soon as those people started coming out of the water The rain hit and it rained the entire Day after that All four hours on the bike And all three hours during the run I mean for me because I'm slow But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say you were You were hauling ass like, For me I was hauling yeah, ass yeah. Like, <laughs> So you took off Yeah and then uh, And then Fred and I The Fred and I <laughs> And the kids were like Oh let's go Back to the hotel Because it's right by the finish line And we We were sitting there And we're In traffic Because they had the road closed down So it took a while But it didn't take that long Considering they had road shut down And like And we get the notification And you've already ran seven miles <laughs> And we haven't gone like A half a mile from From the park Wherever Where the run Started We're just like Holy crap We gotta We gotta haul ass now I will say You know Train on hills It does help If you're gonna run In Atlantic City Where it's incredibly flat On the boardwalk Train on hills It was Because the first Seven miles went by Like nothing It was like I was just having a great time looking out over the water, watching all the people. Um, my favorite run portion was we were on the fishing pier because they had us go out all the way on the fishing pier and then turn around and come back. And it was like you were running on the ocean. Like it just it was gorgeous, even in the rain. Uh, and thank goodness I was so worried it was going to be hot. So I will take 66 degrees and raining. It wasn't like <laughs> this horrible storm. It was just just this like rain it was just like heavier than drizzle but not a torrential downpour but we did get a lot of rain that day and uh, my shoes were soaked by mile two and uh, I have no idea how but I didn't get any blisters I don't even know how that happened yeah it was crazy and And I I was at foresight because I for some reason Own a pair of like Columbia hiking shoes <laughs> that are waterproof. <laughs> yeah, that were waterproof. So I had worn those, so my feet were nice and dry. They were great. Oh, uh, the I, uh, I guess people listening to this thing already know that they work great. Yeah, because they probably have like five pairs, right? But they were great. <laughs> well, it was it was an amazing experience watching my teammates. It, it was it was so cool to work together on something so amazing, like. Danielle Young, uh, she was done with her swim in like 43 minutes and she killed it. I mean, just killed it. I couldn't believe how fast she came back in. And she said coming back was the hardest part. And she came back so fast. And then next thing you know, Fred was off on the bike and he was done in less time than he thought he would. It was he came back in less than four hours, which was his goal. And um, and then it was my turn. And I was so amped up. I was so ready for that run. I'd been up since 330 in the morning yeah. cheering on the team. And your team name was just finish. Yes. Which one you did. And yes. two, like you were like, oh, I hope we I we have enough time. You got done in plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I think we had like 45 minutes left. But it was not close. Like, no. You weren't sweating it. No, no. I you was, were sweating. Yes, I definitely was sweating. But you weren't sweating You it. couldn't tell, though, because I was so soaked. It's hard to tell where the sweat ended and the rain began. Until <laughs> we got down one, do you? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so cold when I was done and they had run out of those heat sheets and I was so, so cold. And it was great watching um, all of my teammates or, you know, everybody from Peloton. I mean, Chris Gallant went and, and, and Chrissy Blackwood went and uh, Paige and Nancy and Terry Shelley. They had their own relay team. There was a whole nother relay team. I, people that I, I hadn't met. Uh, and also um, Anna Vanderhoofen. I, I always say her name wrong. I don't. I still don't understand her name. I should have asked her. I spent like two days with her straight. I should have asked her. How do you say your last name? But that's your Bond girl, Tom, right. the Bond girl. She's amazing. So funny. Uh, I love the picture of when she came up to hug you from behind, and you looked like completely panicked. Like the, the fear in your eyes. Who was hugging me? I thought it was a Bond villain. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not very touchy feeling. <laughs> Oh, what a great experience. I loved hanging out with all the Peloton people. Uh, we even had a fan of the podcast come yeah. in and talk to us. Uh, and he got to meet, he, it was Keith, uh, Keith Barnes, and he doesn't, he rides at home. He and his wife do, Corinne. They don't interact with anybody from Peloton. They're not on Facebook. So he got to meet all of these Peloton people. It was so cool. And, and he told me, he sent me, because he got on Facebook after the weekend. <laughs> uh, he's like, years of resisting, but just for Peloton. They came, our group of Peloton people saw him out there and cheered him on. He said it was the biggest cheer he's ever had at a finish line. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's so cool. I mean, that's just the power of Peloton. It's just very cool. But I think the really important thing, I think the really important thing, though, the true highlight was I got to go to the secret stash. (laughs) The comic book store. Owned by my spiritual doppelganger, Kevin Smith. Yeah, you guys do look eerily alike. And I think we're like, I think our birthdays are like 20 days apart or something. Like we're almost the exact same age and... Yeah. And, and I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go. Because you stayed and hung out with your friends. I did. And so I, I took the kids. Because it was like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah. And uh, if you ever watch the show Comic Book Men, which is kind of like the reality show Pawn Stars, but for nerd stuff. Yeah. Make sure you enunciate that yes. pawn. Pawn. We don't want Tracy Paulson thinking other yeah. words. She was like, might- what? <laughs> you took your kids to a porn store. Yeah. I'm like, well, you don't want them learning on the street. You want them to... <laughs> Learn that stuff in a controlled environment. But one of the guys from the show was, was actually there. was actually working that day. Mike Zapsick. So, so cool. I, we got our picture taken with him and bought myself a secret stash hoodie. He's wearing it at this very moment. I am. <laughs> and got the kids stuff. Had to make sure there weren't any pot references on it in case they wanted to wear it to school. Yes. But uh, coast was clear. So good times. It was a great weekend. I'm so glad we went. So glad we did it. Uh, they might already be trying to talk me into... Finishing my very own 70.3 um, Not sure I'm quite ready for that But uh, maybe another relay And also I'm going to start taking some swim lessons Let's see Let's see what happens We shall see New stuff in the boutique Yeah Last week they had the uh, collegiate collection I guess it was two weeks ago I can't keep up uh, And then this past week they had the new London collection That just hit because they are live in London the UK store is open. So is it all like soccer jerseys? Sorry, football jerseys? No, no. It's just got it's got the uh, London 
um, what is it called? The Union Jack on okay. it. And, you know, um, there's a couple of shirts and there's a couple pairs of leggings. And yeah, I actually had somebody say, I live in London now. I feel like a, they said on the clip out page and they were like, I feel kind of stupid wearing this. And I was like, no, you should not. Because like we have all kinds of people that wear it, you know, here. Like right. if you live in Peloton, Chicago, you have Peloton, Chicago shirt, yeah. etc. And so she was like, okay, thanks for reassuring me. I'm sure my husband will be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, husband. Uh, <laughs> oh, flywheel. Yeah. WTF, flywheel. WTF. So apparently. What the flywheel? Yes. What the flywheel indeed. So guess what, guys? You know how we had Beyond the Ride like six years ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, they've got Beyond the Wheel. Uh-huh. I said it. <laughs> well, did they change their name to just fly now? <laughs> no. Well, because I thought the thing I looked at, I didn't see wheel anywhere. It just says fly. I thought like they were... I think it was like, get ready to fly. And then they were oh. like, beyond the wheel. Like... I thought like they were like going to have Mark McGrath. <laughs> Right. I just want to fly <laughs> And uh, I love how you pointed out Their slug line It's on you to say never What What like, does that mean? Yeah like so I guess if you watch the video It's like Oh I didn't even watch it Yeah it I was, was like, too mad Never quit Never blah 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 But I'm just like But if you don't watch the video I'm like Well I say never all the time Like I'm never going to get on the bike (laughs) Maybe I'm secretly a flywheel supporter (laughs) And I didn't know it (laughs) My my favorite never in their video Was never a follower (laughs) And I was like You were started by a guy Who left SoulCycle Stole all their shit And then Allegedly Yeah and, and then Now you started an at-home bike Once Peloton took off And now instead of Beyond the Ride You have Beyond the Wheel But you're never a follower I think they mean Always a follower And the immortal words of Inigo Montoya I don't think that word means what you think it means <laughs> You're a follower such a follower Yeah so um, Yanina Livingston sent this to me Our beloved Yaya And uh, she sent me like a screenshot She got an email I don't even want to know Yaya Why you have ge- why you're getting emails from Flywheel I- I'm not even going to ask Intel Yeah yeah She's deep <laughs> deep undercover Well I went I went and searched And I found an article Which I've, I've already put it up On the clip out Facebook page But it says Less wheel more fly Flywheel moves beyond the bike To full on fitness And I mean You can pretty much guess It's the exact same thing That Peloton just did With Peloton Digital Like they're adding in All these weight videos And stuff I mean, I am so angry at them, and I I understand that it's business and competition. But this isn't competition. This is just flat out copying. It, there's nothing new they're bringing to the table here. It, at least don't call it beyond the something. Yeah, like I mean, that's just lazy. It is lazy. I wonder if that's why Peloton changed it to Peloton Digital, or do you think that they were just smart enough to go, well, we're not just the ride anymore, so we need to do that. We need to do something else. But it used to be beyond the ride, right. and now we're just Peloton Digital. It's just that's our new format. Gotcha. That's our new platform. I say our because obviously I'm included in these decisions. Sure, they, they reach out to you all the time. <laughs> I feel like I'm part of them I feel like I am (laughs) That's why you already have your tread (laughs) The laughter stopped The giggling can stop In case you were wondering I know how to stop it really quick (laughs) I'm good at that (laughs) You should see the face I'm getting 
Oh, she's scratching her nose. That's how you know when she's getting really mad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oof. That was not nice, Tom. Not nice. I am aware I'm not at the top of Peloton's list. And it's your fault because I live here in the Midwest. So I blame you. You, I didn't move you to the Midwest. I know, but you won't let me move to New York. <laughs> yeah, because you were going to do that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this this is uh, this is terrible. So, this is just terrible. I'm uh, angry. Yeah. So, just to recap, uh, Flywheel is a joke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be another lawsuit. Are they just going to amend the last one to throw another one in, like, and just be like, "Oh, and you copied this, yeah. and you copied that." Ugh. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. Until the next time they copy. Yeah. I. I they probably have a tread. They probably like they probably are looking at a lifestyle tread right now and they're gonna throw a screen on it and call it their idea. The trod. <laughs> There's a past guest update. Yes. Oh you might remember Mary DeMiglio. Do you remember Mary is the one that went on the I think it was the Today show. I always get those morning shows mixed up, so yeah. forgive me. It might have been Good Morning America. Cannot remember. But she she was there as uh, a surprise guest for Robin Arzon who was on oh, okay. the show. And um and Mary came on and she talked to us uh, on the clip out and she told us about her own cancer story and she is now officially Five years cancer free Awesome That's awesome news So I just wanted to share it with everyone I'm so happy for her Congratulations Yes congrats The Tread Studio uh, was momentarily shuttered It it still is It's going to (laughs) be It has been shuttered um, But it's for a few days They are actually It's really good news They're bringing in new cameras And new lighting I heard Although it didn't say in their official little statement But I heard new lighting Right And um, also the new treads are coming in So just to clarify Everybody was like New treads I want a new tread And I want the newest version Okay well guys Keep in mind <laughs> It's been in the studio Since May So like what you're getting In your home Is the newest version <laughs> <laughs> The ones in the tread studio Are now old <laughs> Were they like Running on prototypes I think they were um, Because I'm Almost positive That they didn't start Mass production Until well after it opened gotcha. So those were like The ones that they built By hand You remember sure. we heard about that Handcrafted They were handcrafted Artisanal <laughs> Treadmills Yes So um, now we're going to get The ones that are Mass produced <laughs> In the tread studio So that's going to be done And so unfortunately That means no live classes Until October 2nd That's when live classes I do feel sorry for Eric Felig Because he had his Ride all scheduled His oh. tread run With Olivia all scheduled It was the first time He'd ever gone to the tread studio And now it's canceled womp, womp. Sad trombone Totally I'm sorry to hear that Eric it Stinks I see uh, Jen Sherman Was on a, another podcast Yeah she podcast cheated on us So there Wait so there are other podcasts <laughs> I know Is We're not the only one Nope Hmm mm-hmm. This is news to me But it's not a Peloton podcast Okay it's just a podcast We'll allow it Okay Yeah It was close No I thought it was really cool uh, This is It's called the Milk Podcast And it's all about moms Like all mom issues And so they had Jen Sherman on And she talked about Peloton of course And sure. she talked about um, You know juggling everything That she juggles as a mom So great listen I believe it was episode 40 Go check it out Very cool Cool And Christine Dierkele Is uh, in a new competition 
She is. So she's going to be um, doing the Masters World Championships again. It's about five weeks away. What are the dates? October 7th through the 13th And she will be participating again So I wanted to mention it because uh, It takes place in Carson, California And uh, if you are going to be in the area Maybe go out and cheer her on I know she would love to see any Peloton people out there Um, And uh, of course we all wish her well and good luck And I will keep you guys updated whenever I hear more Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Man, oh man, do you love your AG1? I really do. You do. It's a wonderful tasting drink and it also makes me feel good. Like it's a great way to start the day. Uh, You know, I grew up, my dad always had things like tomato juice first thing in the morning. I feel like AG1 is my tomato juice. (laughs) (laughs) This generation's V8. Yes. I I do Uh, But I love the way It makes me feel It's like I get all of my vitamins And I'm ready for the day Just with a drink And like I said It's a good tasting drink And it can help replace Your your multivitamin Just by drinking An AG1 every day Yes And not only Did I replace My multivitamin With AG1 But I love That every scoop Also includes Prebiotics Probiotics And digestive enzymes For gut support It also has Vitamin C And zinc To support my immune health If there's one product I had to recommend Elevate your health it's ag1 and that's why i've partnered with them for so long if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with ag1 try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d3k2 and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash clip out that's drinkag1.com slash clip out check it out awesome checking in with the peloton community So uh, joining us today via Skype phone is Susie Ferris. Hey, Susie. Hey, Tom. Hey, Krista. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. As a pop culture junkie, the first thing I have to ask, are you related to Chuck Ferris? No, different spelling. Okay. I thought he was two R's, but uh, that's the host of the gong show. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just sitting here thinking, no matter how many notes I put in front of you, you just go off in your own direction. It's part of my charm. But I do, I'm old enough that I do remember the golf show. He had a book he wrote called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, where it was all about how he was saying that the whole time he hosted the gong show, he was secretly an assassin for the CIA. Didn't we watch a movie about this? There is a movie. I can't remember if we watched it together or not, but it's called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It was directed by George Clooney, and it's really good. 
So and it, did he need like a psychiatrist or was this true? I, I mean, he to his deathbed swore up and down it was true. I don't think there's ever been an, a wow. shred of evidence to back that up. I remember the movie kind of indicated that he might have been going crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You think? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and a little other piece of trivia. There's a character in the movie that Chuck Barris as a child played by uh, young Michael Sarah. Really? Yeah. That was one of his first uh, movies. So As long as there was no Susan Barris in the movie, I think yeah. I'm good. No. She's like, is any of this going to have to do with me? You don't need me here for this. What is happening? <laughs> That's called a Tom tangent. Yes. In case you can't tell, I literally just stopped recording the movie podcast. So <laughs> He's very much in pop culture I've got to shift gears. Okay. No problem. So are you going to climb on the bike with us, Tom? No. Even metaphorically? No. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. I think I've climbed on enough to take care of Tom and myself. Oh. See? There we go. Uh, she's absolved me. Oh, man. Susie, why'd you give him an out? <laughs> so, so you got to go with what works for you. <laughs> <laughs> she's much more forgiving than I am. Well, Susie, how did you find Peloton? So actually, interesting story. I've always been a spinner, a runner, everything. And I owned a Le Mans spin bike. And I was through DVDs, like Les Mills spin DVDs. Yeah. And a, a friend of mine said, I think I want to buy a spin bike. So I said, okay, I'll go shopping with you. And so I was obviously Googling spin bikes. And, and of course, popping into my Facebook feed was Peloton. So I said, you know what? We should go check this out. You know, we'll go check out regular ones. We'll go to Westchester, see what this looks like. And so we went. And, and this was... Probably in May of 2015. So we're, I'm, I'm an early adapter. Yeah. And yeah, I was like early. asking a million questions. What, how do we know this is going to last? The warranty? Who fixes it? Did it? Like a million questions. And believe it or not, they couldn't really answer them well. <laughs> like the woman was just trying to sell the bike, get me the bike, and she was promised me the world. And I'm like, I don't believe you. So <laughs> I obsessed over it for like a week or two. And I called her back, and she still, like, couldn't answer the questions right. So then I called the 800 number, and this guy in California answered the questions really well. And so I said to my friend, I said, I think you should get this. So she said, I won't get it if you get it. So I said, I don't really need it, but okay. So we ordered from the guy in California. Wow. So the guy in California sold it to you, not the guy in the store. Whoops. That's exactly right. The, the woman in the store was awful. She <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work there anymore. Okay, okay. That was my uh, next question. The guy I was in like, California, his name was, I think, Robert, but he was wonderful. And the funny thing is, is my, we both got it, and my friend who likes it certainly hasn't taken the same advantage of it as I have. Really? And, yeah. Like, she probably has, I'm thinking, 400-something rides, um, pushing 3,500. Whoa. So she's still using it, though. Yeah. Just but not yeah, this is like years. a normal person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> like a normal person. <laughs> so clearly, with all the different workouts you did, you were in good shape prior to finding Peloton. You, you, yes. It sounds like you've been a very, like, a lifelong, avid, physical person. Actually, when I was in med school is when I really started working out. A friend of mine made me join the gym, and that's where I really sort of did it. Yes. But I've run marathons and half marathons and spinning or everything. Wow. Okay. Well, I saw on Facebook when I was looking up all of your information and stalking you that you were like the third person within the Peloton community to hit a thousand rides. Well, actually, I think I was second. I think the second person was like one of those group bikes. 
And it sort of started, I started out strong only because of Laura Pug and Linda Lee. So they had that fall into shape challenge in 2015. It was like probably a month after I got the bike. And it was the first person to, I think it was ride 100 miles, but then it was just the most miles within the week, was going to win a gift card to the boutique. Now, I am like five foot one, enough in that boutique fits me. You know, everything is too long, too narrow, the whole thing. But I'm like, I'm going to do this. And the first day, Laura Pug and Lily posted that they rode 100 miles. <laughs> so the next day, I'm like, screw that. I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> I can do that. So the next day, I rode 100 miles. And no one knew who I was because I was brand new. And, like, this was the old guard original gangster, whatever you want to call them, you know, Linda Lee, uh, Laura Pug, Candace Ryan, Laura Roth, Holly Washington. And apparently they're talking behind my back, like, who the heck is the pedal pusher? Like, where does this come from? And I had no idea they were talking about me. So I was sort of stalking them, and I assumed they had no idea who I was. And so I'm stalking and I'm riding and I'm stalking and I'm riding. And apparently they were stalking me too. And they were all, be- all the whole group of them behind my back were like, okay, you got to, you got to push harder. You got to run more. You got to beat this woman, whatever the heck she is. <laughs> so the last day of the challenge, I looked to see what they had. And I said, okay, if I ride three hours this morning, I should be able to do it. So I get up really early for work and ride three hours before work. And then I'm stalking it, and they're riding all day long. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I get home after work. I'm like, all right, maybe two more hours. I should be able to do this. So I do it, and then I'm checking. They're still on. And I'm like, I wonder if they're still Like, they figured out who I was. You know, it was, like, so weird. And so finally I posted on Facebook, the pedal pusher waves the white flag. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden the two of them jump right back in. They're like, Oh my God, thank you. We thought you would never stop. We were like, we were exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) And we all became friends after that because it was like so funny. And then I was so thrilled. So I came in third in that challenge and I was thrilled because number one, the clothes didn't fit. And number two, because then they had that victory run where they invited them to the studio yeah. to ride. And so I didn't have to do that. I have never been to the studio. I have no interest in going to the studio. So I'm like, thank God I didn't win. Okay, so many questions. First of all, you're a doctor, right? How did you have time to ride hours a day? How was well, that possible? The 100 miles was on the weekend. So, and I get up early. Like, I got on that bike at 5 a.m. every morning just to beat them. Man. I mean, I went crazy. You know how when you go to the doctor and they put you in the little room and then you sit there and wait for like yeah. for like an hour and a half is that in your she, underwear? Is that because she's on the bike? because they're riding the damn bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, you forget my patients never wait for me. I'm always on time. <laughs> <laughs> but I would be running home after work and I would go do more. It was, it was like hysterical. And we all laugh about it now. So that's how I became like what I call a Peloton super user. Because once you got into that mode, you were like, okay, I can do like, you know, two rides a day, whatever. And my rides just kept building up. Wow. And then when it was my 300th ride, these guys kept stalking me. That's how I got my under the radar thing. Because I thought they didn't know who I was. So I was riding under the radar and I was wrong. (laughs) So my location became under the radar. (laughs) And then they kept stalking me. And then I was coming up on 300. Like, you got to do this live. You got. I never rode live or just occasionally rode live at 6 a.m. But I didn't make a deal of milestones or anything. You got to ride live, do your 300, do a gentleman, do a Thursday night, da, da, da. So I'm like, all right. They like bowled me into it. <laughs> and the fun thing was Candace Ryan had done her 300th ride like the week before. 
So they're like, we'll email Jen, tell her that you're going to be 300 dollars because in those days, it didn't show on her leaderboard. Right. And the entire ride, Jen talked about Candace having done 300 the week before. And like she talked about Candace for 45 minutes. And she <laughs> never even knew that I had, like, I was still under the radar. She never, like, again, who the heck was the title pusher? She never even knew. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so after that, I never did a live milestone until, like, just once in a while when I worked out at 6 a.m., but pretty much all of them were, for every, like, 100 ride, I would pick a ride that I had done previous that I really enjoyed and did it again. Wow. And that will take me to my 1,000th ride, which actually was very funny. So I did, I said, you know, 1,000, that's one sort of impressive whatever. So I said, let me do that two-hour ride, that there's one two-hour ride in there. So I said, let me do that. So I had done it a couple of times before, so what I did was I put on my own music, I muted it, and just did with the clock for two hours. And in those days, like, when Laura Bob reached 1,000, we all did video clips, whatever, and they did this whole video thing for her. Mm-hmm. And so they did one for me, too. But the way it worked was because it was Christine's class, she did the video. And she said, oh, you know, I'm so impressed you picked this ride. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I actually really didn't pay attention to the ride, but whatever. Yeah. And then she totally screwed up my name. She called me Susie Berea. <laughs> so that's where Under the Radar became Bajo El Radar. <laughs> so, I, so like for a while, I was just Susie Berea. <laughs> so that leads me to my next question. Are you related to Chuck Berea? <laughs> there you go. Not at all. And I wasn't in the movie either. <laughs> or the book. So, and I have to go back. You said you have no interest in going to the studio. I'm curious why. You know, back, I you haven't had the bike this long, but back in the day, it was a little bit like if you rode with Robin and you didn't stand when she said stand, she like would yell at you. Oh. And like, I felt like I was a bit of a road rider, excuse me, road rider. Mm-hmm. So I would do what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they don't, they don't yell at you anymore. They don't yell at you anymore. No. So, but it's funny. I sort of like my home bike and it's a pain in the ass to get into the city from here. And I don't drive in the city. And that's part of the problem. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't drive, drive in New York City. The, There's no way I would drive in New York City. We're from the Midwest and I'm just like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We were, we just sent my grandpa off to Korea today, like by request. Not like we did. Yeah. We didn't just, yeah. He uh, he knew it was coming. I hope it was South Korea. It was. Yeah. Yeah. He was going back. You know, now that I think about it, we never, (laughs) we never verified that. Yes. Yes. We did. So, okay. But he was saying that he used to be a truck driver and he used to drive all over the country. He was telling us stories about driving a truck in New York City. And I was just like, I cannot even imagine. imagine. No. I was breaking into a sweat. Just hearing. Just thinking. About <laughs> it's bad enough to drive in New York, but to drive a truck like yeah. when you see those people driving semis from Manhattan, wow. like oh man, Stuff whatever they're making, out. it's not enough. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally not a city girl. I live in like a small rural town, and I love it here. So, can we uh, ask what rural town you live in? It's a small town called Bridgewater, Connecticut. There's like 1,700 people who live here. Oh wow, that is really small then. Yeah. It's okay. really small. Because when I picture the Northeast, it's just all crowded. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is like farms and nice people and the whole thing. <laughs> See, when we picture the North in the Midwest, when we picture the Northeast, we just assume you're all sharing one apartment. <laughs> I would say when you run in my town, you're more likely to get by a cow than a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
so to be a little bit serious, though, it was in August, uh, you posted quite a post. I mean, I remember reading this and it took me back. Like you, it took me, it took me back. back too. I, I, yeah, I bet. I mean, you said how quickly life changes. Did a power zone max ride yesterday. First 500 output in forever felt great. Went to work and had a seizure in the office. Scan showed brain tumor. How, I mean, when I read that, I thought it was going to be like some like happy thing. And I was just no, shocked. No, not a happy thing. So when I had a seizure, I actually thought I was having a stroke because like my speech went all funny, whatever. And then, the, and I was fine after the seizure. Like I literally could have gotten up and run five miles. But they're like, of course, because you're in your office, they call 911. So okay. you get admitted to the hospital and you go to the ER and you get scanned immediately because you're a doctor. So you get like faster care. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I always say, I now say that it was worth the money spent on that MD degree to get the care. I'm good and get it. <laughs> it's like incredible. Yeah. I recommend it to everybody just for that purpose. <laughs> everybody should become an MD. <laughs> right. Although with healthcare now, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, but if you have a medical issue, it's a good thing. So anyway, the neurologist was looking at the scan in the room. I never even thought a brain tumor. But then he looked at the scan walked out. I'm like, shit, I must have a brain tumor. So he uh, walked in and I was, I'm like. It was thinking as you were starting the story, I'm like, going through this process as a doctor would yeah. have to be really like, oh, could, could be really scary because you could see through all their bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he came back and he was great. He was like, yeah, I want to go over with a new radiologist, whatever. We're going to do an MRI. And they got me the MRI with like an hour. Whoa. So it was great. So then they admit me just to observe me, and the neurosurgeon was going to come in later. And, you know, small town hospitals. So first the PA, the neurosurgical PA, comes in, and she was like, well, I like to be honest. Da, 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 da. It's in this area. You'll probably lose function on your left side of your body. I'm like, just smother me with a pillow right now. I'm not interested in that. So then her boss comes in like an hour later, and he said, well, I think I'm going to send you to my friend at Yale. I'm like, well, that's impressive when a neurosurgeon says he doesn't want to touch you. So by the next morning, Yale calls. They're like, all right, come today. We'll see you. And the neurosurgeon at Yale was an absolute superstar, like unbelievable. So she sees me, and I'm like, okay, let's talk about exercise. (laughs) So she's like, well, what do you do? I said, well, I have one of those Peloton bikes. She says to me, I've been on one of those ones. Those are crazy. So she said, for the next week before the surgery, I don't want you to get too dehydrated because I want you to have another seizure. So she said, don't work out like you work out. Work out like a normal person working out. (laughs) So that's what I did. And then even after the surgery, the surgery was, it was probably easier to have this brain tumor removed than to have your appendix out. I mean, she did it awake, which I really wanted, and she really wanted and worked really well because then you don't go under deep anesthesia. And what awake really means, you're not really fully awake the entire time because people are like, are you crazy? Yeah. But what they do, they the anesthesia sort of makes it light and heavy anesthesia mm-hmm. so that at times they say, okay, smile, close your eyes tight, squeeze my hands, hold your hands out, push your leg up, push your leg up, etc. You know, you're not really talking to them too much. They want to make sure they're not like go into the wrong area when they're cutting. Yeah, it's like trial and error, right? They're like, let's, exactly. let's push here and see what happens. Okay, yeah, hack away. So it's actually pretty cool. And by like the second or third time, I'm just doing the order. Like I had it memorized what I was supposed to do. They're like, can you just please wait for the instructions? I'm like, well, you know, I got it. It's no problem. <laughs> and then at Yale, it's pretty cool. They do an MRI in the middle of the surgery, right in the OR. Wow. The thing is out. Oh it's really amazing. And the surgery was done like, I expected five hours of surgery. Okay. And my friends were expecting, who took me, 
expecting five hours and they get the call like in less than two and a half hours that I'm done. They're like, Oh my God, she's dead. That was too fast. So they like ran back to the hospital or whatever. I'm like, no, everything was fine. And literally like an hour later, you're in the room. I see you and they're like, what would you like for lunch? I mean, I was eating candy within three hours. It was incredible. Wow. Oh my and, gosh. So surgery was on a Monday. I get to home on a Wednesday and they have, you know, first her PA comes in who was also a great guy. And I'm like, all right, let's talk exercise. He's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, I'm like, what about the top? Like, no. And he like literally wrote on the star instructions. He writes, no Peloton, no machine, no, you can walk in like a week and da, da, da. So <laughs> then the surgeon comes into the room and I said, you know what? I don't like what daddy just said. So I'm going to ask mommy. So I'm like, <laughs> let's talk exercise. And she looked at him and she said, you haven't met her before. She's going to do what she wants to do. Leave her alone, whatever she wants. She feels too good to do it. So within, like, I would say, let's see, I had the surgery. I was home on Wednesday by Saturday or Sunday, walked four miles, and I was back on the bike by Monday or Tuesday. Good Lord, Whoa. woman. <laughs> yeah. And my outputs have been really high. You know, now, now I'm in the phase of, like, I recovered so fast, and they said, because I was in such great shape, the surgery went so well, and the recovery was fast. Another reason to be in good shape. Ahem, Tom. <laughs> I mean, it really like they were amazed, like you know how low blood blood pressure was, how low my heart rate was, and they're like, "You're gonna sail through." And I did, and my like, I'm working out like an animal now, and partly it's for sanity reasons, but also studies show that vigorous exercise prevents tumor growth. So really? even my oncologist was like, "Go for it, do whatever you can do. It's great, and it's really helped from a physical and mental perspective." And, you know, I haven't started chemo and radiation yet. That starts in like two weeks. And so we'll see what I can do after that. But I'll still do something. Wow. Wow. That's. Okay. And just to put that in perspective, again, you posted that on August 3rd. Today, as we're recording this, is September 9th. So that's all of this year. <laughs> yeah. That all happened yeah. in the last month. In the last like 40 days. Yes. Exactly. And I had a, a PR on a 90-minute ride like two, three days ago. <laughs> I did over a thousand well, not, on a 90-minute ride. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, now you're just showing off. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Indeed, it's like I like you're damn right. I heard they came to your house and recalibrated while you are at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but I they, was wondering. I, but they I was made, like, holy crap. They made it harder is the problem. <laughs> I heard the doctor that told you not to ride your Peloton was secretly working for SoulCycle. <laughs> Well, it's funny because then they're doing like this 5K thing. And so I said to the neurosurgeon, I'm like, so that means I can start running, right? She's like, okay. So then I sent her like a text showing her my Garmin output for like a, I started with like a five mile run or something like that. And I'm like, don't tell Michael who was the PA. I'm like, you know. <laughs> he doesn't need to know. He doesn't, he doesn't need to know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just kind of taking that all in. I, yeah. can't, I can't, I don't even, I don't even know how you're doing this. I don't know how you're doing well, any of it. I'm doing it while I can, and I'm hoping it prolongs my life, you know, and keeps the tumor at bay. I mean, if it works, it's like I want them to write me up as a case study for exercise and brain tumors one day. Like, say, look how long she lived with this brain tumor and hasn't come back because of the exercise. What a fabulous outlook. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's my goal. That's really You know, smart. it's interesting because even my oncologist is like, he totally agrees with the exercise piece of it. You know, like they want to start me on like certain things, and he's like, do it, but if it interferes with the exercise, don't do it because I want you to exercise, which really? is like, 
I love that he's on my page. That's wow. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking about other people that we've talked to on the show who have had bouts of exercise. And although the doctors have been or doctors, I just said bouts of exercise, bouts of cancer that they yeah. have they have overcome after they've had surgeries and had things removed, but the doctors were always encouraging of them exercising when they were done with their treatment or during treatment, like if they had chemo. But I don't recall any of them ever saying anything about the tumor regrowing. Now, they had different kinds of cancer than what you had. But still, I, I just that's the first time I've heard that. And I'm wondering if that's kind of a new revelation they've made. Well, I, I actually found two. I mean, I'm obviously a doctor, so I was able to research that. So I did find two studies that showed with glioblastoma, which is my tumor. It does help prevent growth and recurrence and stuff. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Very so fascinating. I'll hold on to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You've been on a wild ride in the last 40 days. Literally. Yes. It is what it is. I just hope that I can hold on, basically. Well, I don't know how anything could slow you down. You sound like the strongest person I've ever, <laughs> I've ever talked to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I know that your work is super important to you. And I know you're a doctor. What kind of doctor are you? Like, what do you practice? I'm a pediatrician. Aw, that's awesome. So it's, it's uh, you know, I have the best patients ever. I mean, I think you saw that Facebook page that my patients started for me. Yes, yes. And it's been great. I mean, I'm getting gifts every day from my patients, kids drawing me pictures. It's so, so nice. That's awesome. Have they all been coming to see you and, like, visit? Or do they kind of just kind of let you – they're just trying to let you heal? Are you back at work? Like, how does this work? I can't be no, – first of all, you can't drive for three months after having a seizure, which oh. is actually the hardest part I've had so far is the whole driving thing. It's pain. It has to be dependent upon other people for your rides, for everything. You know, yeah. anytime your doctor calls, can you come to me? I'm like, I don't know. I'll see if I can find someone to ditch work and take me. Well, can't you just you know? run there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Can I cycle? So I don't think you can do that after having a seizure either. I, I, um, so that's part of the problem. So no, I'm out of work. And also, you know, I have to really be careful. I don't want to get an infection. And, you know, pediatric offices is germ fast. Oh, so yeah, true. I'm out for a while. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. And what do you love so much about being a pediatrician? I mean, you said you are the best patients, but like what drives you so much? First of all, I love medicine because I'm like, it fits my personality. I'm a critical thinker. I love like a complicated case. I like to figure stuff out. And there's nothing better than like a two to four year old. I mean, they're hysterical. What they say, what they come up with. I just love it. I mean, you know, and it's so much fun also watching kids grow and develop and sharing memories with them. Remember when you were two and you did this or when you were four and you did that, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, so you're like part of the family, which is really cool. That's awesome. Becoming a doctor is such a long process. Like when, when did you, how early do you make a decision like that? Were you like in grade school? Like I want to be a doctor or how did you know what? I was in high school when I decided I was always a math person. I wanted to be an accountant and I went to like the crappiest high school in America and I took this quote unquote accounting class and they were teaching simple addition. I was like, oh, got to get out of here. <laughs> so I switched over to anatomy and physiology class and I really fell in love with it. And so that became my decision. And then, you know, it's sort of hard to go to college not knowing you want to go because there's so many requirements. So you sort of have to, and plus you have to get good grades. You really have to focus. So I think most people do make that decision before they get into college. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense yeah. because you have to kind of plan out the next. And, and you really have to, like, put your notes. Like, I mean, socially, med school was more fun for me than college because you were in. Whereas college, you were spending your entire time getting it, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Wow. Yeah, I never thought about it. Like, I just because, you know, I graduated college, so I was 45. So, 
<laughs> Clearly, I didn't think about it. He had one class. Oh, it took a little longer road. That's okay. <laughs> he had one class he didn't finish, so he went back and finished it in his 40s. Good for you. So as a doctor, I always think about this as a mom because we take the kids to the doctor all the time. And I am always curious, is there, <laughs> do you have any like things that parents always do that you wish they didn't do? I can't think of anything specific. You know, I love when they come in with a list of questions because that makes it sort of easy. Okay. You know, and I'm the type of doctor that I would say, you know, you're bringing a kid with a headache. I'm like, okay, this is why it's not a brain tumor. Although that's sort of like a weird thing to say now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I say that's why you let, I always say to the parent, let me think out loud for you. And this is what I'm thinking. And this is what we're going to do. And, but we'll figure it out, you know. So, you know, it's interesting when a mother is afraid of a doctor or is anxious with a doctor. Then just from the beginning, they hold the baby tighter and the baby kids becomes anxious around the doctor. When the mother is relaxed around the doctor, the baby is relaxed around the doctor. And so it sets up that relationship for life. So if I could give parents advice, go to a doctor you feel comfortable with and be comfortable around the doctor with your baby. Because then your baby's going to be, and, and therefore child will be comfortable with that doctor. Huh. Such a simple thing, but that makes so much sense. Like that's yeah. really anxiety, good advice. Anxiety is a contagious disease, right? I mean, think about that. Yeah, definitely. I tease my mom all the time because I get nervous about going to new places and I have to plan everything to the nth degree. And every time I go anywhere with her, I'm like, I get this from you. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that, and what do you do for a living? <laughs> Project manager, because I got to plan <laughs> that crap out. Right. She literally <laughs> makes a living planning everything to the nth degree. <laughs> we all go with our skill sets. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> now I just need to get a job uh, making dick jokes. <laughs> well, you kind of did. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I kind of did. Um, and Susie, I know you said your leaderboard name is the the pedal pusher, but how the did pedal pusher? Yes, the and the the is capitalized. If I remember well, correctly. Well, what happened was I was initially pedal pusher. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden there was pedal pusher. Oh, four pedal pusher, this pedal pusher. <laughs> I'm like, no, there was one, the pedal pusher. So that's when I changed it to the pedal pusher. I think you should change it to the pedal pusher. Not the. Not the. <laughs> it just sounds fancier. That's the. Midwest, East Coast, you know, differences in the, you know, you say tomato, <laughs> I say tomato. <laughs> Why did you land on the pedal pusher or why did you land on pedal pusher to begin with? I just thought it was a sort of creative leaderboard name, but of course, so no one ever noticed it. So it didn't matter. You know, I probably should have been more creative. Otherwise it would have been so under the radar. I don't think you're under the radar. I mean, I have, I see you post all the time. I see people post about you and whenever you're celebrating things. And I certainly know that like, since you've been dealing with the cancer and your whole health journey, oh my gosh, so many people have. Yeah. Uh, people re- have been great. Yeah. And they've reached out. So I don't think you're as under the radar as you think you are. <laughs> that's, what, that's what everybody says. I prefer to think I am, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's wishful thinking. I've certainly heard from a ridiculous ton of people how amazing you are. It's such a pleasure to have an opportunity to talk to you. So I'm really glad that you took the time. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've enjoyed your podcast. And actually, a lot of times I listen as soon as I'm done with the podcast, I go and follow that person or friend that person. So I've sort of made interesting friends and you know acquaintances through you guys. That's so cool. I think that's the first time anybody's ever told us that. That's awesome. Thank you. We're making friends. We are. We're there you go. And and you can relate. Like, I can't remember the guy's name, like the ADD guy. Like Peter totally Shankman. Peter Shankman, yeah. The bike totally treats my ADD. There's no question. When I went to med school 
and my friend made me join the gym. I used to take my textbooks to the gym and I'd sit on a stationary bike on life cycle in those days and read. And I'm like, holy crap, look at you. You're paying attention while you're moving your legs. And so I realized if my body's in motion, I can focus better. So I always work out every day before work because I think it helps me focus at work. And if I go to work and haven't worked out, they're like, all right, you didn't work out today. What's going on? <laughs> like I could totally tell the difference. I'm a high energy person. I need to get it out. So, you know, when parents come to me and think the kid is AD, I'm like, run them around before school to see if that helps first before you start medications and stuff. Fascinating and good advice, especially from a parent who doesn't like to jump straight to medication. Yeah. I appreciate well, that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. So do you have any advice for new people in the Peloton community? Well, I think as everybody always says, you got to find your people who keep you accountable and that you enjoy riding with, you know, whether it's, you, you know, you like an instructor. You know, I happen to be like a big power zone girl. That's like my favorite thing because I need structure. And I also like hit rides and Tabata rides. So I go towards like JJ and Robin for that. And I love Jen Sherman's music. So a lot of times I'll do her classes with the music, but then I restructure it as a Tabata or a Power Zone ride. I'm like, I'm not listening to anything, but I'm going to do like, you know, this time in, you know, five minutes in zone four and two minutes in zone three. You know, I'm like, I plan it out ahead of time. So I think that that's a good thing. People have to understand that sometimes. You don't have to necessarily follow what they do, but make sure you have your own plan so that you make the most out of every ride. I think that is fabulous advice. Yeah, absolutely. So are you going to get a tread or are you just bike only? You know what? I was going to get a tread, but then with my brain tumor, I am not decided whether I'm going to do that because I'm not sure what's going to happen with treatments and balance and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm still running outside, so we'll see. I'm sort of thinking to myself as a president for when I'm done with radiation chemo, if I still feel well, I'd probably do it. That sounds like an amazing idea. Yeah, and a great outlook. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win. It is. You're really smart at this whole how you think about things. It's really good. I'm not uh, always the most positive, so. I think it's amazing that you have like, you just, you seem to naturally come to a positive outlook on things. And that's really cool. I don't think that's as easy as people sometimes make it sound like it is. You know, I've seen a lot of kids with cancer and almost all of them do well. And so I think that you have to have that right outlook. And I, I think really studies show that outlook makes a big difference. And when you have people supporting you, it, it makes it easier to have a good outlook. Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think so much of that sort of stuff is driven by just how you approach it. You know? There's a whole mind-body connection. There's no question. It's sort of like how we said the anxiety is contagious. Depression is, is contagious. ED is contagious. All that sort of stuff. Like, so you have to, like, with people visiting me all the time, like, if someone is, like, making these sad faces, I'm like, you're out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to laugh at me, laugh with me. Otherwise, I'm really not just in your, in your time and trouble here, you know? So I'm really trying to only surround myself with positive and funny people. That's smart. Yeah, I mean, I remember my, my grandma. I mean, she was like a tank. Yeah. Like they, she was. I mean, she had you know medical issues throughout her life, and I mean, towards the end, she was she was taking more pills than a touring funk band. But yeah. But uh, <laughs> but she was always like, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I'm not taking pills, and I'm okay. And and she was fine, and until the very end, when she was just kind of like, okay, this I think we're think we're, we're done. We're, we're done here, right? Yeah, exactly. we're done here, and. And, and I respect that. That's yeah. exactly the way it should be. Yeah. And I will say this. She was 95. Yep. And she was in independent living until she was 94 and a half. Yep. Like, 
Wow. There's no shame in that, man. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, that's great. I'll take that I deal. I want to be like her when I grow up. Same. Totally. Same. Yeah, I hope I'm a little less cranky. Yeah. Then, yeah. What was that? You've got to forgive the crankiness, you know. you got to forgive the crankiness. Like I said, I now have a trap door, so I'm allowed to say whatever I think. <laughs> There's an upside. That's true. You know, and you know, it's what one thing that's really been interesting that I came to realization I think it's actually harder to be the friend or caregiver than to be the patient because I have the latitude to think, say, do whatever I want. I can be cranky. I can be happy. I can make fun of myself, whatever. But I think people don't know how to act around people who have cancer or whatever. And so they're not sure what to do. They walk on eggshells. They're not allowed to be cranky. They're not allowed to cry in front of you. Uh, So I think it's harder for those people. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Not to be like, they're the ones who are really suffering. But I mean... No, it's not that they're really suffering, but I think it's a tricky position to be in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you, I'm sure you're, you're constantly, like you said, watching what you say. And, and I'm, I'm the same way that like, if, if, you know, if I'm telling a story about something bad that happened to me, he like, always includes humor. Like you're going to, you're going to end up laughing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, whenever I tell people about like the ins and out of the, the, my ugly, awful divorce, it's like the half the time they're like, Oh my God, I feel so bad. I'm laughing. I'm like, well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> like, you know? It's like, I don't know if you saw on the website, I joined into this clinical trial where they put a headband on you. Yeah. And I have like a small set America. Like my head is that of an 18 month old, two year old. And we always <laughs> laugh with my patients when they're worried about the kids, small set. I'm like, look at my head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, let me measure it for you and show you your kids is already bigger than mine. And the headband literally went straight down to my neck. Like, it, it was like, because when I went to the guy, I'm like, are you sure it's going to be small enough? He said, no, they do have a kid size. They do the kids. And I'm like, when he saw it, I mean, he's like, oh, my God, I had no idea. <laughs> so I'm like, so now I wear it over a hat, you know, just to, like a brim to keep it up, you know, whatever. Whether it's still helping me, I don't know. But it was like crazy. You know, so I posted pictures on Facebook of it, like going down, it was being held up by my glasses and then took off the glasses and it went straight down. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Again, uh, awesome. You have such a great attitude about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, you got to laugh at yourself. Otherwise, no one else will. Well, no, other people might laugh at you. They just might laugh yeah. behind, They'll your be behind your back. <laughs> so I guess You'll you be left out. You, not at you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they laugh at you behind your back, you got left out. Yeah. That's no fun. Might Good as well point. enjoy it. Yeah. Good point. So I guess before we head off, where can people find you on social media so they can follow your journey? Facebook, Susie Barris. Nothing creative about that. And I'm <laughs> too old, so I don't have Instagram or any of the other stuff. Okay. Because okay. I'm 57, so I'm like not of the technological age. <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand. Yeah. I guess that's, every time they Even started. Even this whole Skype thing like, made me like, a little nervous, but it worked out all right. Yeah, you you handled it. I mean, my uh, my parents who are – right around your age have not my mom does not do well with the texting and has never not one time listened to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'll never forget years ago when ipods first came out and my nurse had an ipod and i needed to turn it off and i could i didn't know how to turn it was on the wheel and the whole thing i had no idea how to stop the thing yeah so i take it into the waiting room and i'm like i need a teenager (laughs) and when people what do you need i'm like this off for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And the mom's like, you're taking that off my copay though, right? Exactly. <laughs> In that case, no. Your iPod stays on and we're turning it up. Full blast. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us today, especially at doctor rates. My pleasure. Well, right now I'm sitting 
getting home, not doing much. So it's actually a good di- the diversion, so it's all good. Well, I'm oh. glad we could play a small role in diverting you. Yes, absolutely. Right. Well, it was all mine. <laughs> Thank you again, Susie. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, let me know, and I will keep you updated in the meantime about when your episode will post. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Susie. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So before we go any further, we should probably uh, address the fact Susie had uh, something she wanted to say that she didn't get into the interview. Yes, she wanted to make sure that she thanked uh, Paige Davis, Dave Cohen, and especially Nancy Kenny for their support. Uh, She's been going through a lot, obviously, and you guys have been there every day checking on her, and she appreciates it more than you could ever know. Awesome. So uh, I guess that brings this one to a close. What do you have in store for people next week? We are going to talk to Jen Ely next week. Nice. Yes. Super excited for that. Yeah. I want to find out if she's related to Ron Ely, TV's (laughs) Tarzan, and host of the 1970s version of Name That Tune. (laughs) Well, we will find out. Okay. So uh, where can people find you until next week? They can find me back in St. Louis. They can find me at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and of course on the bike at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, join the Clip Out group. Don't forget our website, theclipout.com. You can buy a t shirt or a hat or something. Go crazy. And don't forget, we're available on iTunes. Go there, rate, review, subscribe. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, keep pedaling. Come on and take a ride with me. Know what you need to know.